really hate hearing that sound. <laughs> Does anybody else, has anybody else had a family member and like you heard that for real? And that just brought back like all that flood of emotion. Like I really hate that sound. Um, anyways, we are in a series called Revive. Last week, Jeff talked to us basically about one word and he teased us the whole week and he set it up and said at the end that God's calling us to surrender and, and as a church for 2016, we're just kind of putting our arms up and saying, all right, God, we're surrendered. Whatever you have planned, whatever it is, we're going to walk in that. So um, my name is Christy, by the way. For those of you that I don't know, um, I am Jeff's wife. And from time to time, on occasion, I will come and share um, sometimes kind of a women's perspective so that you can relate to kind of how a woman would think and approach some of the stuff from the Bible. Um, sometimes just because Jeff asked me to, usually it's because um, something I'm he wants me to be better at, I think, and <laughs> he knows if I have to teach on it that I'll actually work on it. Um, but today was not really planned, and I have struggled with whether to try to fake it or whether to just be open and authentic with you. And we have this value around here called authenticity. Um, we actually believe that authenticity honors God and attracts people. So we work really, really hard at not covering up and checking our baggage at the door like we think authenticity is actually a good thing. We uncover it, then God can cover it, right? Um, so I have to be honest and tell you, I was planning to speak some of next week. I had put a whole like 10 minutes into that message of preparation. Now, I am a planned, prepared person, okay? I'm not like Jeff who can like connect with you on the spot and sing crazy songs. And I think last week he's saying that I can't feel my face with them with you. You're not going to get any of that from me, all right? Um, and I was not planning to speak this week. In fact, I confess that I was up until 2 a.m. watching Netflix on my phone. I'm totally addicted to um, the Parenthood series. So I was not feeling very spiritual this morning at 6.30 when I heard my husband um, basically puking his guts out in the bathroom. And, you know, over the course of our marriage, in the beginning, he used to say, baby, come here. Look at this. This is awesome. And it was disgusting. And, but today he was like, don't even come in. Like, don't even come in the bathroom. Don't even come in. And I said, all right, well, um, how, how soon are you going to be done with this? He's like laying on the floor moaning. He's like, I don't know. It just started at 630. You know, and those of you who've been tracking with my church for a while, this happened once before. So I'm like, ha ha, God, this is not very funny. So my idea was to take a vote. How many of you want Jed just to come back and sing for the rest of the service? <laughs> Don't you dare vote. <laughs> I knew you would all want him. Um, but we felt like, and I don't know if you've ever had this happen where God kind of shut the door and you don't really know why he's doing that, but you're like, okay, that door shut clearly. Um, in fact, I argued with God a little bit. I'm like, God, Jeff follows you. Like he listens to your voice. Like, isn't there a gentler way? Does he really have to be this sick? And God was like, yeah, Jeff follows me, but you don't. So he has to be that sick so that you have no other choice but to come and do this. So let me tell you the rest of the story. So I'm like, okay, okay, I see the humor in this. Um, I actually did listen in a little bit to some of his message prep for this week, and it was, it is good, <laughs> really good. Like, I like, to, I like to teach that one. It's so good. So I thought, this is payback. When Jeff and I met in college, we took a speech class together, and um, we would get together to study, and when we had a, an assignment, he used to say, um, what are you doing your speech on? And he would totally steal my speech totally steal it. And I have to write another one. So I'm like, this is payback. I'm totally stealing his amazing, awesome message today. So I go to his computer to steal his notes. 
And I am not kidding you, his computer shuts down. Like, it has been charged all night. It's a fairly new Mac that is not supposed to happen. Completely shuts down. So I'm like, okay, God, I got it. I don't get to steal his message. Okay, that's okay, because I prepared for 10 minutes. <laughs> Y'all are a scary bunch of people to talk to <laughs> with no preparation. I'm just going to tell you that much right now. So I did remember First Thessalonians was what I was going to talk about or teach from. And so I went to my smartphone and I am trying to go to 1 Thessalonians on my Bible app. Do you ever try to go places on your phone, and the harder you hit it, the more it won't work? I could not physically get that phone to go to 1 Thessalonians. It happened to be open to Philippians, my Bible app. And so I'm like, all right, God, I got it. We don't get to do 1 Thessalonians. I don't know why you're shutting that door. We're going to do Philippians. Okay, I don't know why. <laughs> But I do know this. I text a sweet prayer partner friend of mine. I'm like, I am totally freaking out. Like on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm freaking out of 12, okay? I'm really freaking out. And I don't know what I'm about to say. I am so not prepared, and you know I love to prepare. And she said, Christy, you aren't prepared, but God is prepared. And he has prepared this day from before the foundation of the world, so just walk in it. <laughs> Um, so that's what we're going to do. And I don't know why. I don't know. I don't really feel like it's for me. So I hope maybe it's for one of you. Um, but I do know this. I wanted to share with you just a quick story that would hopefully keep you from running for the door and the exit and leaving, especially you men who think, I don't want to listen to a woman, especially a woman who is not prepared. <laughs> so, you know, if you're married, you probably do that daily. But um, I just just want to toss out there that maybe God has something for us. There was actually a guy named Paul in the Bible, pretty godly awesome guy who um, helped start the new church. If you read the book of Acts in the Bible, it's the story about the church starting. And Paul did a lot of that. In fact, most of the New Testament that we read is what Paul wrote. And so um, Paul had gained some traction. He had some guys following him. And imagine this, like they're all getting ready to go on a mission trip together. And Paul's like, we're going on this mission trip it's going to be awesome. And they're like, where are we going? And he's like, I don't know where we're going. <laughs> we're going to go to um, Mycia. That's where we're going to go. And they all start that way. And God, bam, shuts that door. He's like, okay, we can't go there. So we're going to go to Bithynia. And they all go this way. And bam, God shuts that door. And I just want to read it to you in Acts chapter 16. So you don't think this idea is crazy that maybe God has prepared something for us that we weren't expecting today. In Acts chapter 16, verse 6, it says, Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word. I don't know why the Holy Spirit has prevented Jeff from preaching the word. I hope we don't all get the stomach flu. Um, I hope it was just for him. But for whatever reason, this has happened before. God's done this before. The Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. See, Paul thought, I'm going to start the church in Asia. We're all going to go, what direction is that? East. And, and God said, no, 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 you're, you're not going to do that. I'm going to shut that door. And so then they headed to Mysia, then they headed to Bithynia. But again, it says in verse 7, the spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went on through Mysia to the seaport of Troas. And while Paul is in Troas, like, God, come on, give me the plan already. Everywhere I keep trying to go, you keep shutting the door. I got all these people depending on me and following me. Where are we going? And while he's in Troas, Paul has a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. 
So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. Well, here's the deal. Only time in the New Testament that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit all show up to change plans on somebody. I mean, they all showed up for Jesus' baptism, but that was kind of already planned from the beginning of the world. So for Paul, he didn't know where he was going. All three, the Spirit of God's talking to him, the Spirit of Jesus is talking to him, and God's talking to him. And he says, listen, you think you're going to Asia, but I have a new and different plan. I'm going to shut that door. Instead, we are going over to Europe instead. And we're going to take the church over to Europe. Guess what city was first? Philippi. Guess what we're going to read about today? The church at Philippi, all right? So I think it's kind of cool that uh, this story kind of all connects. Um, He goes to Philippi and starts the very first church with like the craziest people, like a slave girl, a a jail warden, and this woman who loved purple, okay? Like the most unlikely candidates to start a church with. He starts the church in Europe, and guess what happens? Hundreds of years later, that church comes to America, where we live, and we become part of that story. So when God was shutting doors for Paul, and Paul was getting frustrated, like, come on, God, you got to tell me what's next, God had us in mind in that plan. And so I have to believe that even today, the same God, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, that he has a special plan for us this morning. And even though I'm a little freaked out about it, and you probably are too, all right, I really think that maybe he has something unexpected for us this morning. So will you pray with me? And then we'll walk in that. Heavenly Father, we come before you. God, acknowledging that your ways are not our ways. God, we just wouldn't choose your way sometime. It's too hard and it's too scary. But God, your thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts. And God, you think about us more than there is sand on the seashore. So we just have to believe that even though um, we don't feel very prepared, God, you are prepared and you have prepared before the foundation of the world something specific that you want to say to us in your spirit. And so, God, we invite your presence in this next 30 minutes. We open our hearts and say, we'll listen to your spirit. And then, Jesus, we ask you for the courage to be able to walk into what it is that you may call us to. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Um, Like I said, I don't exactly know why God planned this. Um, I wish I did. What I think, after living it a little bit this morning, is that we had planned to take you through um, two weeks of messages in this Revive series about prayer. And I think that maybe God just switched the order (laughs) So that we would focus more on him than what he could do for us. Jeff's going to just like share this amazing stuff with you next week about how we can pray bold prayers and we can ask specifically. And a couple years ago, we met this guy who's kind of like, kind of like the Pope of the Protestant church. Anybody ever heard of Tim Keller or read any of his stuff? Like he's brilliant, you know, I mean, just like to be around him. We met him one time. Jeff's sister lived in New York City and lived in the same apartment building as him. So we met him once in the elevator and we were like, Tim Keller, he's so amazing. And then we got to meet him a couple, about a year and a half ago. And we're like, hey, do you remember us from the elevator? (laughs) He was like, no, (laughs) I don't. Um, But he's like one of those older, wiser, amazing. And we got to spend about an hour with him talking about prayer and what he's learned. And it was so interesting to me. He said a statement I'll never, ever forget. He said, there is so much that God wants to do for us and give us, but he can't because we haven't asked for it, and we won't know it came from him. We'll think we did it. We'll think we 
take the credit. And then he walked into like step two that I was like, ah, that's not what I wanted to hear. I thought you're like the Pope. You're supposed to teach me how to pray and connect with God. And he walked us into like a, the very first step was not quite what I expected. And that's what I want to share with you today based on Paul's prayer. Now, Jesus in Matthew, there's a chapter in Matthew. I can't remember if it's five or six. You're going to have to look it up because I didn't get to prepare. Um, so in one of those chapters, he says three things. He doesn't say if, he says when. He says when you give, and he talks about how to give. He says when you pray, and he talks about how to pray. And he says when you fast. Like, he didn't say if you pray. He said when, like it is a part. Now, we all pray when trouble comes, right? <laughs> we wreck the car and we're like, oh, God, help, save me, you know. Um, we all pray when trouble comes. But the way Jesus talked about it was more like it ought to happen regularly, consistently, like part of a relationship. Well, I don't know about you, but I think there are some reasons Anybody feel uncomfortable praying around here at all? Like a little awkward or you're not quite sure how? I mean, some of you maybe had the grandma who prayed over you who was amazing or, or prayed that awful prayer, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. You should die, little kid, before you wake up. Um, I, I don't know what prayers you grew up on. Um, for me personally, I, there's this like unspoken, I feel like prayer's like a contest. <laughs> you ever feel that way? Like you're praying in a group and like, of course you get like the godly person next to you that you're like, oh my gosh, I can't even like compete with that. I don't even know what to say. Like she just quoted every verse. My sister is like that and I love her dearly, but not long ago, my um, nephew was in the hospital really, really sick in Atlanta. And so she asked for prayer and immediately within 10 seconds, my sister's like downloads this like, 20,000 lines of like praying the angels down from heaven to watch over her son and quotes every verse of the Bible. And then my mom chimes in with like every verse my sister forgot. And I was just kind of left with like um, the little arrows, like ditto. <laughs> I'm not even going to try to compete with y'all. I have nothing to say <laughs> to that. In fact, I text my sister-in-law separately. I said, you know, I'm not near as godly as the rest of them, but I'm sorry. This has to suck for you. <laughs> That's about all I got <laughs> for you. I'm sorry. Um, so I don't know if you've ever felt that. Like, I, get, I, I don't want to pray because I kind of don't want to compete with, or I don't know how to do that. Or maybe um, you fall asleep when you pray. Anybody fall asleep? Um, I, every time Jeff catches me having a nap when I shouldn't be, I'm like, oh, baby, I was praying. I was praying. <laughs> I just fell asleep in the middle of it. Um, sometimes your mind wanders. That happened to anybody? Like you try to stay on task. You really try. I even get out a pen and paper sometimes, and then I start making the grocery list on the side of the, I'm like, how did I get there? God, I'm so sorry. I know I'm supposed to be praying. It's just so, it's hard sometimes, right? Um, so for the next two weeks, this was our plan. Our plan was to walk you through some of the prayers that Paul, the guy that started the early church and wrote most of the New Testament, some of the stuff he prayed. And when he prays, if you just Google Paul's prayers, you would find a pattern that reoccurs. He prays and asks God to do something, and then it says, so that there will be this other result. So he's like, God, I pray that, and he asks for something, and then he says, so that, and here's the result. So we're going to look at one of those prayers in Philippians that he prayed. Now, remember the first story I told you about God redirecting and shutting doors, okay? The first city he goes to is Philippi, and that's where he starts the first church in Europe that eventually becomes us. Um, and so Paul, had, he was there for a little while, not as long as he wanted to be. He always had to keep moving, and he's feeling this, like, tension of 
gosh, there's so much I want to give you and download to you about God, but I've got to go on and, and reach other people. And so what he would do is after he'd moved on, he would sometimes send people back and he'd sometimes write letters back. Those letters became our New Testament. So the letter that he writes to the church at Philippi is Philippians. He writes a letter back to them, and in the very first chapter, he prays a prayer for them. Now, before I read the prayer to you, you just have to know this. When Paul writes this letter to Philippians, he is actually in Rome. All right, did we throw that map up there at all? I'm terrible at geography. I'll just admit that up front. Um, he's, he's gone on, and he's now down. It's not even on the map, is it? Italy, the boot, is not even there, I don't think. Um, he's in Rome, but he is in prison. And he is not just in prison, but he is waiting every day to find out if they've decided that he gets to live or he gets to die. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm in prison and I'm waiting to find out if I'm going to live or die, my prayer is going to go something like, God, get me out of here, or God, please live. <laughs> let me live. Please let me live. Or please die and let this be over with. I don't know, but I, I would have never thought of what Paul thinks of, and this is what he thinks of, and I think there's something we could learn from it. He says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 9, it says, I pray that, and he's talking to the church at Philippi, I pray that your love will overflow more and more. Now, that sounds kind of flowery, right? Love, guys, we don't like to talk about love. Um, but I think he starts with love so that they won't miss the heart of the rest of his prayer because, you know, Paul later said that without love, really everything we do is worthless. So he starts with love. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing. Here comes the meat of his prayer. If I could pray one thing while I'm about to live or die in this prison for you, my church in Philippi, I pray that you would keep on growing. He, didn't, he probably didn't get to spend as much time there as he wanted to, and so his one prayer is that you'd keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. Now, let me say this about knowledge because I love knowledge. I could get like every book there was ever written at Lifeway, and I could just sit down and read it, and I love that, and I get so excited. And that's, I think, why God didn't let me prepare for today because I'd tell you everything I was excited to tell you and not what he was excited to tell you, okay? Um, I don't think he meant knowledge like they didn't have Lifeway down the corner. He didn't mean go get every new Beth Moore study and every new Priscilla Schreier video. What he meant was, because there was no New Testament, there was no Lifeway yet. When he says knowledge and understanding, he means I want you to like go through experiences where you get to know who God is, where you get to understand his nature and how, what he's talking about is not head knowledge, what he's talking about is a relationship. God might be about to take you into places you never planned to go and you didn't want to go. He might shut doors and put you in a new scenario that you weren't counting on because he wants you to know and understand him and how he works. And that's his prayer. I want you to understand what really matters. I want you to keep on growing in your relationship with God. I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. Basically, what he's saying is, I want you to know what really matters so that you'll finish strong. So that, the end of that prayer says, God will be glorified in you. All right? I'm going to tell you a, just kind of a little story about my walk with God that I would probably not tell you if I had time to prepare because it's kind of personal 
It's kind of just a peek into how God talks to me. And I understand when you start talking about how God talks to you, then we start competing, right? Well, God didn't talk to me that way. Well, I like the way God talks to me better than the way he talks to you. You know, I, I understand. We're all in a relationship. Let me just set you at ease before I tell you this story about how God's been talking to me, that God made you exactly the way he wanted you. He chose exactly the way he wanted you to be. He created you. And so nobody knows better how to get your attention than he does. So when he wants to speak to you, which I believe he wants to daily, all throughout scripture it says, and the Lord said, and the Lord said, and God said, and the Lord said, and every time people didn't stop to hear what the Lord said, then they got in trouble. It's like the scary music in a movie, like somebody's about to get killed because they didn't listen to what God said. Um, Not literally, but you know, it's like a it's obvious in scripture that he wants to talk to us and he created us. So if he wants to get through to you, he knows what you're going to pay attention to. I had a friend, um, her name was Jane Crane. I loved her dearly. And she goes, you know, I got this crazy name, Jane Crane. It rhymes. Crane's the name of a bird. It's crazy. I know I get made fun of all these jokes about me, but you know, when God wants to speak to me and when he wants to confirm that it was him, I always see a bird fly by. (laughs) I thought that was so funny. I'm like, only for you, Jane, but God made you exactly the way. I've never seen a bird fly by, never, ever. And I could pray for that and ask for that. In fact, that story I told you about Troas, I got to go there this summer. I stole a rock from Troas. I keep it by my bed at home. I'm like, God, can I just have a vision of the future like Paul did? Can I just know what's next? And like, I pray and pray and pray and ask for a vision. And I wake up and I've had this crazy dream like I got eaten by a bear. And I'm like, well, that can't be true. And God's, I think God's like, Christy, I'm never going to speak to you through a vision because you're going to wake up and argue with me about whether that was true or not. So I don't get visions. I wish I did. I know some people that do. I don't get any. Never spoken to me that way. Never, ever. The way that God speaks to me, and again, this is a relationship. This is like 30 years of getting to know him. He speaks to me through his word. And he knows that I won't pay attention or listen. That's why this morning when I tried to find Thessalonians, he's like, I'm not letting you see Thessalonians. All right, we're going to Philippians, and we're making it real obvious. So um, we've kind of set up this pattern in our family. It works for us um, in the summers, and those of you who've been around know this, that Jeff takes like a month to just go hear from God, all right, because it's hard to do that in the daily craziness of life, and I know not everybody can do that, and y'all are so gracious to let us do that. It's been like a game changer for my family. I can't even begin to tell you. So the very first summer we got away to do that, um, like five years into the life of this church, we, we go to Colorado. We have some friends that have a guest ranch there that they've designed it as a place where you can hear from God. I mean, I'm talking like majestic, snow-covered mountains sitting on the side of the hill where you could get eaten by a mountain lion or you could hear the voice of God. You never know. Um, so the first summer, I was a little scared. I did think I was going to get eaten by a mountain lion. I actually got on this guy's porch. He wasn't home. I didn't get to do it last summer because he was living there this year. Um, I was a little too scared to be totally in the wild. So I got on his porch and I got my journal out and my Bible out. And I'm not kidding you. And I don't know why God talks to me this way, but he does. He made me and he knows I'm going to listen this way. For you, it may be different. But he showed me, and there was actually a verse that said, I'm about to give you 30 sayings so that when you go back, you'll be strong enough to walk in it. It's kind of, I'm paraphrasing, but that's kind of what it said. He showed me 30 things like promises from scripture. I'm not kidding. I know that sounds kooky. I hope I'm not freaking you out. Okay, this is like 30 years of walking with God. I ought to get 31 for every year, right? Um, so I, I write down all 30, and I would love to, and someday maybe I will walk you back through like all 30. 
happened? Because I went home like, this might not really happen. I might have had too much pizza. I might not really, you know, God, maybe I really am not sure how I hear for you to do that when you think God's telling you something. Like, I'm not sure if that was God or, you know, it, it's hard. It takes time and practice to get to know how he's going to talk to you. All 30 things. So, of course, the very next summer I go back and like, I am I'm ready for 60. I'm like, bring it on, God. We're going to have the awesome best year ever. Like, I can't wait for you to show me, like, amazing, awesome stuff that you didn't show me last year that it all came true, and I think it's all going to come true. And so I'm sitting there. Now, this year I was with Jeff was beside me, which is kind of hard. It's hard to hear from God when you're like, what's he showing? You know, you're, like, cheating and peeking. Like, what's he showing you? Um, and I'm praying and praying and praying and praying, and the only verses I find, I'm not kidding, the only verses I find, have one word. Basically, God was saying to me, you get to do one thing next year. You get to, are you ready for it? You get to repent. One word he gave me. You get to repent. And I start peeking at Jeff. I'm like, what's he writing down? He's writing all kind of stuff, like awesome stuff. He, he's going to get renewed and restored, and you're going to do all this. All. I'm like, why do I get repent? And I started having this argument with him. I'm like, God, you and I both know if anybody in this family needs to repent, it's probably him. <laughs> he does more bad stuff than I do. And I'm like, and God's like, you know what, Christy, we're going to start right there with that attitude <laughs> that you don't think you need to repent. And then it started like, you want him to be ABC and I made him to be XYZ. And boy, that opened up a flood of repentance. I repented for like three days. I mean, it just, can't. if you don't know or think you have anything to repent of, just ask God. God, show me what I need to repent of. And boy, boom, he will open that flood. After about three days, he gave me one more word. He said, all right, you've been repenting. Um, we're going to do that all year. Don't get excited. We're not moving on. You're going to do that all year. But I'm going to add another word to it. And I'm like, yes, because I'm an achiever. So I want to accomplish stuff. I want to, like, open a new campus. I want to write a book. I want to do this. You know, and, and God's like, okay, the second thing you get to do is you get to pray. So, like, every time you can't sleep at night and you're worried about stuff, you don't get to ask. This isn't like praying, like asking for stuff. Let me clarify that. When, when you don't know what to do and you're making decisions or you have an extra five minutes on your hand, you get to repent, and then you get to, you get to pray. You can do those two things. And about three days later, he added one more word. It was another word I don't really like rejoice. So basically for 2016, instead of me getting to have all the goals and awesome stuff I thought I would like to accomplish, I get to repent, I get to pray, and I have to rejoice about that. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, there are days I'm like, this stinks. Like, I'm ready to go, God. I'm ready to run after something. And, you know, I, I've, I'm like halfway through life. It's now or never. You ever feel that pressure? And, um, and God's like, you know what? When you're worried about stuff, when you have a decision to make, we're going to go back to this place and, and you get to start by repenting, and then you get to pray, and then you get to rejoice. And here, here's what he's teaching me through this. Because at first I was kind of mad at him, and now it's becoming this sweet, amazing, like, I'm getting to know him in a way I never have before. It's like peace. When struggles come, I'm like, I'm even worried about that. I don't even get to ask about what I want. I'm just going to repent. I'm just going to pray. I'm just going to rejoice. 
We had a little mama drama not long ago. Anybody have that? Any of you like connected in a group of moms and you're all worried about your kids and we text back and we have like these different text strings. And so we had a little mama drama occurring not long ago. And I I confess, I'm real quick to get caught up in it when it comes to my kids. And so, you know, sometimes the most ungodly we ever are moms is when like, don't you say that about my baby, you know, (laughs) mama bear comes out, right? So a little mama drama was going on and one of the moms like, we just need to get on our knees and we just need to pray about this and we're just going to ask God to come through right now. And I'm like, yeah, we can. I started to jump on that bandwagon. And then I was like, you know what? It's been six months for me now of repenting and praying and rejoicing. And you know what? I'm not even worried about it. I'm going to ask God for what I want. I trust him. I absolutely trust him. I'm not saying you can't ask. Again, this is my journey. I'm just saying it was like a process of getting to know God. It was funny, and and I'm, trust me, I haven't arrived, and six months is not long enough to arrive. Just like two days ago, Jeff came home, and he said, baby, we get to, I can just tell already it's going to be a great day. We get to hope in God today. And you know what I said? You know, the first thing out of my mouth, I said, what did he do? And he was like, Baby, he, he didn't do, you know, I was waiting like you got a check in the mail or, you know, something awesome is going to happen, you know. He's like, he didn't do anything, but it's who he is. We get to trust in him because of who he is. So Paul, who's in prison, deciding and figuring out, am I going to get to live or I'm going to get to die? His one prayer that he sends back to the first church he started in Europe, he says, I'm praying that you will keep on growing so that you will know what really matters. There's a lot that we think matters, isn't there? I mean, how many times do you pray, God, help us to have a great day? And I think God's thinking, you live in America. You're going to eat three meals today. You're going to sleep in a bed. You know, your day's going to be great. You don't even have to ask for that. I want you to know I want you to know what really matters. I want you to know me. So here's my kind of challenge for you, what I think maybe God may be asking us to do, because next week, God's going to, Jeff's going to teach you how to pray bold, specific prayers. I believe God wants us to do that too. For me this year, I just haven't gotten to do that. Like I've heard him say, no, you're repenting, you're praying, you're rejoicing. That's it. You're not asking for anything. Um, I think my ask is, would you take the next 21 days? If 21 is too long for you, at least a week. There are exactly 21 days left in January. Starting tomorrow, it's the 11th through the 31st. There's 21 days. And so my ask is, would you consider praying this prayer that Paul prayed, asking God every day when you wake up, God, show me what really matters. Show me what really matters so that I can finish strong. I don't know what that's going to be. I don't know what, you know, I mean, he, I have to trust him to do that and speak to you in a way. You're going to come back with stories like, oh, my gosh, I never heard God speak to me before. But I knew it was him because I like birds and I saw birds, you know, whatever, <laughs> however he does it for you. Would you pray for the next 21 days and ask God, God, show me what really matters. And some of you, maybe praying is brand new. I mean, if if you've never prayed before, I'd say Google the Lord's Prayer and start there. Um, Maybe if you've been doing that for a while, maybe you want to Google Paul's prayers and start there, this prayer of Paul. Some of you, you've been praying and you feel stuck 
or praying just feels so boring to you, I want to just toss out there, um, Jesus said, when you pray, he said, when you fast. I'm not going to lie, I don't like that word either. I love to eat, okay? And I have only ever done that a few times, and I really think God has to call you into that and call people around you to help support you because it's the hardest thing I've ever done. I will say that. Um, but maybe for the next 21 days, you just fast social media. You just get unconnected from the world so that you can connect with God. Um, maybe you fast coffee. I cannot do that. God, please don't ask me to do that. It would be really ugly. Um, maybe God's asking you to do all liquids. It's really hard. I'm not going to lie. And, and when I did that once for 21 days, I'm like, please don't ask me to do that for a long, long time. I saw God. I think I did it because I wanted stuff from God. Like I wanted him to do back for me. And he did. He did like more than I could ever ask or imagine. But more than that, it was like getting to the end of your strength every day, literally. And he just like would, like when you thought I can't make one more step, he would just come in and like give you the power and the strength to, you know, I don't want to freak you out. I know that's, that's like a process. You can start at the Lord's Prayer. He's just as happy with that, okay? We're not competing. We're not comparing. I'm just, my prayer is that you would keep on growing so that you would know what really matters. That's what Paul prayed over this church. Would you pray that for 21 days? And then it just so happens to be that at the end of 21 days on January 31st is what we call rally day around here when we kick off these small groups. Because Paul prayed the same prayer in Thessalonians, the one I wanted to tell you about. And when he prayed like a very similar prayer, he said, I want to be face to face with you so that you can keep on growing and know what really matters is kind of what he said. And, you know, it reminded me of our small groups because you're, you'll be challenged and maybe you'll go pray this prayer this week, but you'll probably forget about it by next week. The place that we really, really grow is face to face. So I'm asking you for 21 days to ask God, God, show me what really matters. And then to consider on January 31st, we are launching, and I'm not going to steal Jeff's vision from that. We're launching an awesome set of small groups. It's the kind of thing that if you can't physically go to a group, which I think is totally ideal, but if you can't, dads, you could lead it in your home with your family. Like your small group could be your family. Moms, your small group could be a, a group of moms after you drop the kids off from school. Or maybe you're work, at work and you're like, I don't have any extra time, but I eat lunch with the same people every day and, or, or just with another one or two, and we could do this together at lunch. Teenagers, I absolutely think y'all can do it, and I look forward to seeing some of y'all step up and seeing what God does through you. So my ask, though, for today, because I'm going to let God do that. I'm not going to guilt you or badger you or anything else. My ask for today is that you would pray, God, show me what really matters so that I can finish strong. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we receive what you have planned for us, whether it was our desire or not. God, I just have to believe that um, for somebody here today, they needed to maybe hear the word repent or pray or rejoice. I don't know, God. Um, I, I just ask that your spirit would move in this time. God, I pray over the next 21 days, God, over the years to come, that we would continue growing so that we would understand what really matters in life. God, so we could finish strong. We want to do that. 
would you help us? We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite our host teams to come at this time. We always close um, with really two forms of worship. We worship in song where we declare who God is. We don't ask anything when we sing to him. We just give him praise. Um, that is what he desires, and that is the thing that actually takes you into his presence. The Bible says that you enter his gates with thanksgiving. You come into his courts with praise. So when you do want something from God, start with praise because that brings you right face to face with him. The other way that we worship is we worship through generosity. We worship, like Jesus said, when you give. We worship by saying, God, this is like an area that's not fun, um, but we trust you with our stuff. And so you're going to get to watch people right now who actually believe what they say they believe, and, and they do that by prioritizing their life and their finances and their giving around what God is doing in his local church. So I'm going to invite you all to stand, turn it back over to the band. This is an awesome, awesome song about God changing us from the inside out. Worship with us. <laughs> 